Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, it is me, Sam Taggart, with a little announcement, and that is that I'm doing my solo show, Club Comic, again in Brooklyn on April 28th at Littlefield. Club Comic is my, you know, multimedia club kid pop fantasia with, you know, it's club tracks, it's uh, videos, it's stand-up, and Stradio Lab co-host George Severus is opening this time. So it is sure to be a damn blast. The last one was so much fun, and I I would love to see all of your asses there. Okay, this has been the announcement. Enjoy the episode. Buy tickets to Club Comic. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Podcast starts now. Wow. Um, welcome to Stradio Lab. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I'm in shock. We are being followed around by reality television <laughs> cameras, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. Finally, we are being um, followed at all times. There's no private space. Yeah. And by the way, you've heard of the Vanderpump Rules drama. We're part of it. Yeah, we have a big hand in it, actually. We have a big hand in it. We orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. And guess what? It's fucking working. Because <laughs> people are talking about it. And the numbers are flying through the roof. And it's all because of us. And yeah, you yeah. don't see us on camera, but we're in those credits. And you never bothered to look, sweetheart. So to be uh, as candid and clear as possible, what's Please. happening is we are in studio. And we recently <laughs> made the decision to, I'll say it, pivot to video. Yeah. Yeah, which is a loaded term, which is crazy. In the past, the, the pivot to video has been seen as a cheap way to get clicks. But in our case, <laughs> it's a way to expand our reach. Well, our art is about our voices, but it's also about our images. That's true. We have, we've talked about this before, but we were told by a consultant <laughs> that our faces are too symmetrical for the camera. Yeah. But 
they decided they were like, you know what, let's risk it. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of like, you know, Michael Jordan was cut from the high school basketball team, you know, and so we we were told over and over, like, no, people will cry instantly upon seeing you because it's all just fits so right. And it complements each other in such a beautiful way. And, you know, people will think it's CGI. People They'll think say it's CGI. not real. And we kept saying, like, oh, well, let, just let us you know, yeah. show ourselves. And they said, no. That's why we ended up in podcasting. Originally, we were <laughs> film actors. Yeah. And stage. And they end stage, of course. But they had to always go in and with CGI, replace our faces with Sebastian Stan. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was a little more approachable. Yeah. I, they replaced me with Sebastian Stan and you with Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so all those movies that you see with Jake Gyllenhaal and Sebastian Stan, like, we're the ones doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, but nevertheless, she persisted, mm-hmm. and we are now on camera, and it's... Coming soon to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, it feels um, insane. Here's the thing. We were told, and we were, like, excited to... You know, like I said, broaden our reach, reach new <laughs> audiences via the via the medium of video, via the platform of YouTube, a platform that, in my knowledge, has never done anything bad. No, good platform. Good platform. I've heard the algorithm works really well and yeah. that it just recommends things that are more and more pro-democracy no matter what you click on. No matter what. That's sort of that's what I've read in The New York Times. <laughs> and so, of course, we were like, why not put the podcast on YouTube? Apparently, a lot of people listen to podcasts, you know, listen to podcasts on YouTube. A lot of people like to watch podcasts. People love to have that video element, you know. And so we were like, yes, let's record our session in this beautiful studio. Of course, in my mind, I was it, it never occurred to me where would the cameras go? <laughs> <laughs> it never occurred to me where would the cameras go? It never occurred to me like how would I respond to a camera? Right. I think I was sort of like, well, like it'll be almost like surveillance footage. Yeah. Like, I was expecting like a camera in the corner of the room that I don't think is there. I was expecting like almost no light. And then like maybe they could even do it like reality show, like when they're like hooking up with someone, it would be sort of that like green like filter when yeah. you're like looking at night vision. And uh, can I describe like what it is like? Please, please, <laughs> please. There's two huge cameras. Yeah. These are not iPhones just subtly in the corner. Massive like rolling like film cameras. And then there's very bright lights right on me. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all the lights are on me. Well, again, you like did this? come, as we said, you did come more camera ready than we did. You're sort uh, of wearing an expensive looking sweater. Yeah, I was. I gonna, made this sweater. Well, you really? made it? Well, you should sell them. <laughs> <laughs> and for a lot, sweetheart. Like, you made that sweater? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. Thank you so much. But not like for today, especially. Okay. Seems well, like you made it. No, there's no the reason camera. for you to say that. No, I mean for the camera. <laughs> like, I'm, I love that you're like, but I, I don't mean like, oh, now's my shot. They're right, pivoting right. to video and I'm going to be on their podcast. Well, you're here to promote your sweater line, right? (laughs) I am. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, Mohair Higgins does it again. (laughs) But I think you, I listen to your Mm podcast. It sounds exactly the same. Does it? Like I'm just here looking at you and it feels like I'm listening to the podcast, but also I can see you both. And it's not, you're not like painfully symmetrical, but it is hard. You're both very beautiful. Okay, Okay, well, we were told painfully. (laughs) They said it hurt. Yeah, they said it hurt. Did you move something since then? Yeah, we We both both got surgery. surgery. (laughs) We both got surgery. We got, we wanted to be, we said, can you make us a little (laughs) tiny bit asymmetrical? I just want a little freckle here, a little. Just to be more, I know if you make perfume, you're supposed to put a little bit of dirt in it or earth or like a 
little dander or something to make humans see it as real. Yeah. So maybe you did that to your faces. We did that. Yes, actually, you're so right. It's sort of an uncanny valley type thing. Like if something Mm -hmm. looks too perfect, too symmetrical, (laughs) you're afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're both really drawn to imperfection in our work. So we just wanted to reflect that in our, you know, physical. We're very inspired by Cindy Crawford's little mole. (laughs) And we try to uh, sort of like. What's her name? Cindy Crawford. Oh, no, the the mole. Does the mole have a name? (laughs) It should. She inspires you. Yeah. Oh, oh, the mole. Yeah, Brenda. I guess I was thinking of Marilyn Monroe has a mole. But that's fake. What? Drawn on. That's a drawn on mole. Cindy Crawford sort of built on Marilyn Monroe's mole by having it be natural. (laughs) In Hollywood, there's a rich tradition of moles. That is, wait, actually, we have to talk about that. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Um, I'm trying to think of. Sam, you do have a pretty one right there. Yes, you do. You know what? You have one. I got that surgically uh, enhanced. In the same place, Colin Farrell has his. (gasps) Wow. Wow. Maybe they should have replaced you with Colin Farrell instead of Jake Gyllenhaal. Although, you know what? Jake Gyllenhaal also, I think, has a mole around there. Oh, my God. This is crazy. I'm freaking out. I actually feel like I'm chosen for, like, a yeah. film now. Well, like, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, like, now that this is being pointed out on camera. Totally. That's like, <laughs> bye, George. Like, enjoy the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, sorry I have a completely uh, flawless face with no spots or freckles. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Um, just glasses. Just glasses. Is yeah. That, what, that was. And, your... and by the way, I don't need them. I just needed something to uglify me a little bit. Um, I also, when we came in here, I also felt like, um, you know, like in A Star Is Born, when uh, they're recording in the studio, and she's like being stiff and weird. Yes. And Bradley Cooper's like, I know what to do. Bring a piano in here. And she's like, It's too much. It's 100%. too much. I could never do it. And then she gets the piano in there, and it like works perfectly. And she's like mm. suddenly in her vibe again. I was like, oh my god, what's, what's my piano? Because like the bright lights and like all the people mm-hmm. looking and yeah. I was like, what am I going to do that like keeps me grounded and mm-hmm. ke- reminds me that I'm just that like girl from Jersey mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or California. It was very unclear where she was from in that movie. She was from Long Island. But didn't they live in Cali? Well, she moved there to be a star. But her dad lived there. Well, he moved there to support her. <laughs> in the beginning, she, am I crazy? In the beginning, she like goes back to her house in yeah. like Long Island. I think yeah. it had sort of a euphoria disease where it's like, oh, where sure. is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> Any that's place fair. USA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But wait, so what are you doing to keep grounded? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. I actually don't have a device yeah. or a oh. piano, but I think I was trying to find it internally. What is Oh, internally. Piano? Oh, yeah. Because oh. that happened in Titanic. The there was a band down underground, like you know, in the in the poor people's part of the mm-hmm, ship, mm-hmm. and James Cameron just like found them in a pub in Ireland or something, and he was like, "These is this is like the perfect like wild Irish band to like yeah. play traditional music," and then they were all too shy with the camera. Oh, and everything. I mean, I do think it's a real. Yeah. I almost think, I almost think ninety percent of being any kind of successful celebrity (laughs) is learning to deal with technology around you. Mm -hmm. Like the the things you need, imagine recording, like being Whitney Houston and recording like one of the most beautiful songs of all time. That is all happening in a studio with shit everywhere. And like (laughs) people like, you know, sort of like dialing in and out and telling her, do this, do that. I mean, how do you, I, I, I truly think that's like 90% of the job. Imagine actually being in a film set, like being Nicole Kidman and being in the hours and being like, well, I'm going to walk into the water now. Yeah. And some, and with her nose and everything. Yeah. Like, and yeah. someone is just off that's camera that. and he's like chewing gum. Right. 
I was watching um, behind the scenes recently and not proud of it. It was um, <laughs> and it was I'm not proud of, of what, but it was just like the last of us. I watched it and then it was like and then they keep going and they're like, when we were shooting this, yeah. and I was like, mm. sure, I'll watch this. And I was like, wait, you literally like. So it's all fake. Like I'm like, are you kidding? So you have really... you seen Avatar behind the scenes? They're in a warehouse. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure I saw them do it real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was all one take. Like the, I watched the episode. They never called cut. Yeah. Yeah. Those behind the, they're the, you don't get a choice on on whether you want to watch them. No, they just come up, shoved down your throat. And it's all it's always like the same kind of like bearded man just in a in a in a chair just talking about like how clever. What a clever idea he had. <laughs> and not giving any credit to the poor old, like, actors who did the thing. Yeah. It's sort of crazy. I have to say, though, it's like catnip to me. I will always <laughs> watch a behind-the-scenes featurette. I will always watch a blooper reel. And I will always watch, I'm sorry to say, an interview with an actor talking about the part. <gasps> well, especially those. Yeah. yeah. I love those. I think I just don't like the director explaining how he just manipulated you. So true. You know, well, the director, it's also like, I understand that you made all this happen. Be quiet. <laughs> like, you showed the, like, we've yeah. seen the work. Yeah. Like, I actually think an actor has more of a right to speak than a director. Yeah, because they've not been allowed to say their words. Exactly. Yet. Exactly. Yeah. The director, if you need to explain further, you've failed. Yeah. It's like going, the worst, and apologies to all my friends who have written books, the worst is going to a book <laughs> event where someone's being interviewed and they're like, You're and, listening then to it on, and then it clicked on me for chapter yeah. two. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me read it. Wow. Yeah, you don't like that? No. Yeah. So you wrote a book. You right? wrote a book. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> and how much did you speak about the book? By the way, and how much did you let speak, the book speak for you? <laughs> By the way, please welcome Maeve Higgins. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. I did record my uh, book in this very studio for the audiobook, but I didn't have cameras, lights. You should have recorded anyone it. around. You should have recorded the video and then released it on YouTube. That would have done really great for sales numbers. Whereas I just came in here with my phone, just whispered it into when nobody else is using the place. Did you enjoy the process of recording an audiobook? <laughs> to me, it's actually something that seems so glamorous. Like really? to, yes, it's because I imagine like well, I imagine sort of writing a memoir and then like going into the studio and being like and then I arrived at LAX. <laughs> I feel like I already wrote it and now you want me to read it too? Like it's like I can't go through this again. But like, didn't you ever like cuz I liked reading out loud in school and mm -hmm. like I was I was like <clears throat> like <laughs> and I did like readings in at the church and you know just cuz I wanted to like people to look at me and me to be like my voice. Yeah. Know? Well, you do have a great voice. <laughs> you have an incredible voice. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> little joke. But I, the reading it, reading it is hard because you think then like you start to kind of edit in your head, but it's too late because it's totally, already totally. published. I guess maybe what I would want is to be a professional audiobook reader that could read yeah. like a, a different person's book. Mm, that would be a lovely job. That would be nice. Well, I always love when they have like Helen Mirren reading a book. I yeah. think what, where, where I get caught up in like reading a book for an audiobook mm -hmm. yeah. is that it's like too like performing the sort of like calm. Like I wish it were like slightly more conversational. Have there's you, something yeah. about like the there's like a self-importance to it that's like, well, no, talk to me normal. Like <laughs> read the book normal. Have you heard clips of Ronan Farrow reading his book about reporting out <laughs> the Harvey Weinstein story? No. 
he does voices and he will do like a Russian accent. <laughs> He's like literally like narrating his book and he'll be like, and then the guy said to me, uh, what you doing there, Lassie? Oh, that's <laughs> like, so charming. I mean, I know that's not Russian. <laughs> what you doing there, Lassie? That's my. That's me doing a Russian accent. Yeah, Everyone's like, like um. <laughs> that's always the question of like, how nice do you be to someone? Like, do you like call them out instantly, or do you just sort of like let them understand? <laughs> well, I sort of last minute. I last minute decided I can't. I wouldn't know where to begin with a Russian accent, and so I just went for like the easiest possible thing. I could yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Which was sort of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> you best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. <laughs> Wow. Can we get a piano in here? He needs it for his accent work. <laughs> Rosamund Pike does a really good job. Yes. She's because she's such a good actor. Such a good actor. It's like Ronan Farrow is not an actor. He's a journalist. Yes. So he... But you know what? You'd be surprised at how uh, sort of he really comes alive uh, <laughs> in, in the audiobook format. Mm. I think Ronan Farrow, here's what I'll say about Ronan Farrow. Mm. I think he's always wanted to be on camera. I mm. think he secretly wants to be truly like a theater actor. Too symmetrical, definitely. Too symmetrical. Definitely. Yeah. That, talk about uncanny Talk valley. about uncanny valley. Him, like, like <laughs> you Doll. should be hot. And it's like, but this, <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. But I'm like, ah! <laughs> cut that out. He's here. The, the, they're cutting out our mics. Ronan Ferris here. Ronan's here. Um, yeah, it is like. But, He's like, what did you say about me? You must start believing in me being hot. Um, but no, it's, it's like true. he's like has a perfect face. He does have a perfect face. Perfect. Blonde, but it's like, hair. what's going on here? Mm. He is a fascinating figure to me. I would love to get a coffee with him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What would your goal in the conversation with him be? Well, first of all, I would go in and fully pretend we are equals. No part of me would be like, I love your work, like nothing like that. <laughs> I would like, I would be, uh, I would be completely neutral. And then my goal would be to gaslight him <laughs> and wanting him wanting to impress me. Yeah. And wow. then at the end of it, we would be actually good friends and potentially, you know, plan another date. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I think his like the way to become friends with him is like, admire how hard he works that seems to be really important to him Mm. like he he doesn't need to work hard at all because he's like brilliant Mm and and has generational wealth and uh, and wealth yeah exactly but but he loves to talk about a lot like I just was up all night I had three more deadlines you know and by the way he's good at it yeah he's great at his job I you could say that to him if you want there's a tip I think you know what I think (laughs) about him okay I think so he famously was Mm -hmm. a sort of child genius like he went to college at 16 he went to law school at like 18 like that's like a big part of his narrative then he was like immediately uh uh had his own show on like msnbc or something um and i think sometimes what happens with people like that is when they finally are of a normal adult age Mm -hmm. they are stripped of the title of kid genius because they're no longer a kid oh that they don't know what the next chapter is yeah well, this kind of gets into like Twitter being obsessed with like, if you are gifted, you're depressed yes. now. It's it's actually exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know about this, Maeve? No, but like, I. There's yeah. a sort of subgenre of uh, a sort of line of a line of thinking that's all about yeah. how if you were a gifted kid, now you are struggling more than potentially political prisoners. <laughs> it is the worst fate one can have is like if you were in the gifted program, now you are depressed, you're bisexual, um, it's, you it's are unable like, to hold down a job. I would say it's essential like millennial cringe. Yes, exactly. Like it's very mm. like mm, me at five, you're gifted. Me at 25, um, I'm anxious. Oh yeah. But like you think Ronan Farrow has more of a like, I was gifted, and so now I'm driven. 
more than because he's not like moping. Well, I do think he's driven now, but I also do think there is a difficulty in like, listen, I'm sure he's doing fine, but it's also like, what is the next move? Like, what does Ronan Farrow look like at 40, at 50? Can you do an impression? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me at 12. Um, I'm going to college. Me at 40. Why am I weird? <laughs> I can't believe they're complaining about being gifted children. It's such a thing. But it's such a lovely, I mean, it's such a lovely thing to believe for many years about yourself. I know. Surely oh, yeah. that would stand to you. <laughs> it's crazy that um, it's fake. Yeah. Like, it is literally just made to... It's made. It's all part of this system of like put basically putting people in order so that some people can get into like good colleges and some people get into bad colleges. Some people go to like leadership camps. Some people oh, yeah. can like take oh my god an advanced class like one year early. And then basically the goal is to sort of know who's going to succeed by the age of eleven. Oh wow! <laughs> well, and it's one of the saddest things is like people that define themselves by like like uh, a success like and not just sort of like understand that they will have successes and falls 100% and so like mm-hmm. these people are like oh I was in the gifted program at 10 I'm set yeah. and then when they like face hardship at 25 they're like this wasn't supposed to happen and it's like you were literally resting on the laurels of being 10 in a gifted program <laughs> like right. you need to grow up yeah but but that i still have trouble with that like that oh you're in a trough but like it'll come back again you know like it's you you know and you don't know until you're dead like what happened in the end <laughs> right i guess that's also a toxic I'm, way of looking at things i'm always just like well, i'm sad now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i used to be better <laughs> so what how can someone be happy Maeve? <laughs> <laughs> i guess if you if you're ronan farrow yeah I mean, that's a big if. <laughs> so step one, be Ronan, be Ronan Farrow. Farrow. Yeah, I also want to say if you're not Ronan Farrow and you're listening to this, watching this on YouTube, stop. This isn't for yeah, you. Yeah, this, this is, is for Ronan. Is for Ronan. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is for Ronan and Ronan exclusively. <laughs> but I think um, I feel like if you just uh, don't think about it too much. I mean, if you, you know, what to, how to be happy. God. I do think some people have an easier time being happy than others. Yes. And some people find life harder than others mm-hmm. for no justification. Totally. Like, I'm not talking about actual No, no, you are, you are 100%. You know, right. some people are just like, this is really hard. It's actually like one of the things that there's no correct way to talk about. Because like without without like talking about like specific things like mental illness or yeah, yeah. socioeconomic status, like this, that's not what we're talking about. It's just some mm-hmm. people... All else being equal, mm-hmm. we'll be given a life task and we'll find it harder than other people. <laughs> yes, totally. And we'll and have it's just one of the facts of life. Feelings. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, is there a pill I can take for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, but that's why we do have all the little treats. That's why we have little treats. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. What's your little treat? Um, so many things. <laughs> Okay, next question. <laughs> so many, so many, so many things. You've never had a treat in your life. That's that's what it sounds like when someone's never had a treat in their life. Oh, I. what's my treat? <laughs> Everything. Um, I'm constantly consuming. Just very happy. I mean, that is, that's the other thing as well, though, that you, that like, if you do have that mentality where it's like, I'll have a thing, I'll do a thing, then it's usually you have to pay for it. So that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I guess like talking to my friends mm-hmm. is a real treat. Yeah. 
You, know. you got to be careful which ones you talk to. <laughs> yeah. Cutting them off is another real treat. Exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> Making them come crawling back. God, it's been a while since I've really cut someone out of my life. Oh, I miss it. Oh, the rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you just did too many at once and you don't know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was sort of thinking about that the other day. Not that I cut off people intentionally, mm-hmm. but I was like, I used to pride myself in not in all my friends not being comedians. Like I was like, I have I keep in touch oh. with so many friends from college. Like mm-hmm. I regularly, you know, if I were to have a party, it would be 50% old friends, 50% comedian friends, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think something happened, especially during the pandemic, maybe a little before that, maybe also just like me spending more and more of my time doing comedy related stuff where I'm like, we're down to maybe three or four. Yeah. <laughs> like not like it is. And it's not healthy. Well, uh, isn't five the number, though? What's five? The five n- correct is like number the, of close friends? Yes. And oh. and the like correct or possible. Yeah, I think. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you can have there's only so much like time and resources that you have. Yes. To really fully understand like your friend and see how they are. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is really just from something I probably saw, uh, you know, a few years ago. I don't know. But it makes sense to me. Five is like the kind of number. Does a romantic partner count of the five or is that a different category? Um, I don't know. It depends if you're having sex with them or not. <laughs> yeah, well, five is the number of people you should be having sex with, correct? <laughs> correct. At any given moment. At any you given moment, you should have five people somehow penetrated. Someone needs to be penetrating. <laughs> does I mean, that make sense to you, five? Five. Five does actually make I like sense. It. And yeah. I'll say a clean this. number. Let's I, do names. Okay. <laughs> Maeve, Sam, <laughs> George, our producer, everyone who set up the camera, Both and everyone cameras. listening at home, and everyone listening at home. That's fine. Okay, don't you think? No, Ronan, and by and Ronan. I mean Ronan. Oh yeah, Ronan. Ronan. And by the way, we're being like jokey, jokey about Ronan. I just want to be clear. I want to be friends with him. Yeah, you could be. That friends was clear. With him. Okay. Yeah. I think what's clear is that like we, you want to be friends with him, and it's like, but we're not going to just be like nice because he's famous. Exactly. Like we're going to be real, and that's why we're going to be good friends. Yeah. We're going to tell him, hey, you look too perfect. <laughs> Something's up, babe. And I'm telling you as a friend. We really like your work. Yeah? And, and you make a lot of it. you work really hard on it. Yeah, you work really hard. You must have been gifted. <laughs> Do you think that one of the reasons why social media is so toxic is because it forces you to care about more than five people at any given time? Yes. <gasps> like, I truly yeah. think, yeah, and this is not a novel observation, but yeah. it's like, we are not meant to know that many people we're not meant to think about that many people on any given day and it's actually like i was thinking about this the other day it's sort of like um reverse engineering schizophrenia like you are literally <laughs> scrolling through voices in your head sure that are not oh. talking to you like it, it, and it's you're schizophrenia through, means like fractured yeah, reality yeah you're scrolling through oh. like a billion people's random thoughts Imagine like having headphones in and imagine that, but in audio form to sort of talk to the (laughs) podcasting audience. Imagine being like, oh, you know what? I'm going to scroll a bit. I'm going to relax a bit. I'm going to put on headphones and then just listen to a cacophony of 1000 people not even saying anything of substance, Uh just being like. Being a gifted kid is bae. (laughs) Yeah. And then like getting randomly really, really mad. Exactly. Yeah. That sounds horrible. But yeah. we and we do that with our eyes. Yeah, we, we do, do that with our eyes. eyes. Oh. And by the way, eyes are just as important as ears. Oh. So if you don't do it with your ears, don't do it with your eyes. That's <laughs> what I tell all my mentees. He's so good at that. And so is your mouth. Yeah. What <laughs> sense? Explain tapas. Which of the senses is the most important? <laughs> okay, m- most important. Sight. I, I think 
No, you go. <laughs> um, isn't it touch? Because you literally have, there's like my friend volunteers to cuddle new babies. Because huh. they literally need more than being talked to or actually they do need water and food. That is actually a great point. It's maybe like touch has been undervalued societally. <laughs> and so we think sight is the most important because, you know. Touch him. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Wow. I was I'm like a newborn. <laughs> we think sight is important because, you know, we need our eyes to look at advertisements. But actually so touch is way more important. <laughs> you think the products should come around and just touch you. Yeah. Well, that's them. thank you. That was going to be my next point is like, how do we monetize touch? Yeah, touch based advertising. How can we make this podcast touch based? Yeah. Wait, how can we make the podcast? You can just do live shows. That's exactly what they do. And they sell like VIP tickets. OK. And to then, meet you and then to they touch, touch you. Yeah. yeah. We need to do a, a sort of not Q&A. What is it called? A meet and greet. Yeah. That is the only way to monetize touch. But here's Full the body thing. meet and greet. But here's Full the thing. body meet and greet. Here's the thing. <laughs> Nothing's off limits. <laughs> the, the, the $30 thing. extra. <laughs> yeah. I figured out. Oh, my God. I, this is genius. <laughs> what I'm about to say. I'm I figured out why touch is difficult to monetize. Oh. It's not scalable. Even when you do a meet and greet, each person individually has uh-huh. to, like, line up and touch you. There is no podcast equivalent oh. of touch. You can make a film that a billion people can see. You can make yeah. a podcast that a billion people can hear. You can even yeah. make a scent that a billion people can smell mm-hmm. if you make a candle. <laughs> it's true. Or, or even a perfume. <laughs> yeah. but there is or literally a noxious no, gas, yes, like, yeah. exactly. yeah. explosion. There is literally no way to yeah. scale at a grand scale, at a global <laughs> scale, touch. There's that woman who goes around hugging people. But again, elder, one by one. Indium, yeah, it's it is. too slow. Yeah. What is so the most number of the, people? It's the most anti-capitalist. Exactly. Uh, sense. sense. Literally touches the most anti-capitalist sense. Mm-hmm. This is a big idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah. Okay, so you want to, sometimes in concerts, people run around and do like high five everyone mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes. And and then the people feel so special. I'm never going to watch exactly, this exactly. One time, um, Janelle Monae crowd surfed on my hand. Oh my god! Oh, wow. Yeah. Which little part of her body did you? I don't remember. Up? That's a great question yeah. because, of course, I see her as an artist and not as a as a piece, as of, a piece of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it would never occur to me to even delineate between her different body parts because I respect her too much. <laughs> but I distinctly remember I did t- like I was like part of the crowd that. Oh, cute! Wow, sort of cool. That is cool. What's the most capitalist sense? <laughs> it gotta be eyes. I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what you use to see advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you say capitalist, and to see your screen, it's, it's like profiting from someone else's labor. So like, oh, see, I was thinking the most exploitable sense. Oh, oh, oh. Like okay. if you are selling a product, the yeah. easiest way to someone is via mm-hmm. their eyes. I mean, just mm-hmm. look at the art industry. Exactly. Oh, I'm a buyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're oh, a collector. Of course. I I'm forgot about that. And mostly of touch-based yeah, art. That's what we say. Collector. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to come and feel my pieces. <laughs> my apartment is just covered in absolutely beautiful tactile pieces. <laughs> you know, that should be real. Yeah. Um, wow. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Should we do our yes. segment? I also want to say one more thing uh, about the podcast when we make the okay, podcast, please. which is that it's really hitting me today uh-huh. how um, we are literally and just like that. Like we are <laughs> and it's like freaking me out because like there's, they can't see this. But there's a window that's like looking out on New York. We're like laughing and like drinking water. And like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Every time we laugh, I'm like, we're like a scene. And- <laughs> And just like that. And I feel like a bit trippy. (laughs) Do you think and just like that should do a um, like a podcast that is essentially a fully scripted slash improvised version of the podcast that they have on the show so that you can follow along? (laughs) Obviously. Uh, (laughs) It's actually monetarily dumb that they haven't done it yet. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with them? Yeah. And it was her and two others. Was yeah. It? it was the guy from Mad TV. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, my God. What's his name? He was he was mother to me when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. Oh, God. Well, whatever. So it was him. It was <laughs> and the, and Sarah Jessica Parker, Che and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely recommend that. Yeah. I would the, listen. The way mm-hmm. I miss Che Diaz. <laughs> They're coming back. Did you watch and just like that? Maybe? Yeah, just the first episode actually. I just oh. needed to know what happened. You today. should keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I truly. It was also something about that part of the pandemic where mm-hmm. I needed 
a Che Diaz. Mm-hmm. Culturally, we needed something to rally around. And I really yeah. don't remember the last time a television character made that much of an impact. It was insane. So where are they now? Uh, the character or the actor? <laughs> So in the end, spoiler alert for anyone listening. Yeah, Ronan, if you haven't finished and just like that, stop listening And let me just say, something tells me Ronan has finished and just like that. (laughs) Darling. So at the end of the season, Miranda, sort Mm -hmm. of like in a manic pixie moment, drops everything and moves to L.A. to be with Che while Che is there filming their pilot. And guess what else? Miranda dyes her hair red. Because in the beginning, she had gray yeah. hair. And that's actually sending mixed oh. messages to me because you're supposed to think gray hair is empowering. You would be wrong, actually. Red hair <laughs> yeah. is empowering. No. <laughs> you're dead wrong. You're fucking dead wrong, bitch. She had given up, and it was sad. Now she, she was has pathetic, her back. and now that she finally has her groove back, she's able to be a redhead. Now she's embracing her queer self. She's ditching her dead-ass husband. <laughs> he's not no, dead, he's not but, dead. But, but, you know, sexually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he died sexually. <laughs> and also, but can you imagine her just showing up when you're do- taping a pilot in L.A.? I worry I for Shay now. Well, you know what's going to happen is mm-hmm. basically the scene is going to be like Che is shooting the pilot. Yeah. And Miranda comes up and Cynthia Nixon is really good at doing this sort of at acting this sort of desperation that Miranda has and mm-hmm. just like that. Mm-hmm. It's like just it's in the eyes. She's just like, I need mm-hmm. to feel anything. And oh, so she's yeah. going to show up to this to the set and be like, Che, Che, and like waving. And then yeah. she's going to be like. What is she doing here? I'm trying to do my job. Yes, and the security guard. But you're right about that because didn't she play this character that had trapped in syndrome or something like that? Miranda did. Or Cynthia Cynthia Nixon. Nixon? Wasn't that her? Like she played in ER or something like that. Oh my God. You know, know where you have something happens, you get like a brain injury Mm. and you're totally fine, but your body can't move. And so she was only acting with her eyes, which you think, you might think, so easy. I get paid to I lie there all day. I would never think that. <laughs> that well, sounds so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I would never disrespect that kind of that. Wow. I, so she's really um, so yeah, I think tapping right into about, that for her role as Miranda. Yeah. Just kind of a nobody. Yeah. Just eyes. And you, wow. you saw that. Wow. Unless it was a completely different actress. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it was her. It though. sounds like sounds her. Right. Sounds you know, right. I recently watched yeah. Amadeus. Gray red hair. In it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know she's an Amadeus? No. Yeah, suddenly they like open the door and she's like there. She just like plays the cleaning lady. Plays the cleaning lady? Yeah, and she actually, I don't want to ruin it, but has a pretty big role. Oh. She's part of a a, a, a plan to sabotage something. Oh. Say that. Mm. Uh-oh. New York State. I haven't watched the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's running for mayor or governor. Whichever. Whichever. She um, wants power. You know I went to her launch event at Stonewall. Oh, and you have to. I wish I had. It was honestly a great night. I'm sure. And I remember because she came out and the first thing she said was, I think she said like, ladies, gentlemen, and those who reject the gender binary. That's how she like started mm. her speech. And I was like, well, she's losing. <laughs> she's losing, but she ate. She's losing, but she ate. Slam the door. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out. Yeah, I am a stan. No, I was, I was pumped. Yeah. I genuinely was like, I love this. She's mm. very smart and would make a great politician, but... 
she has more important things to do, which is yeah. shoot and dress like that. And Amadeus. And, and Amadeus. And Amadeus. Yeah, they're rebooting that, actually. <laughs> She's playing Amadeus. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. Oof. Okay, our first segment. Our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we ask you a series of rapid-fire questions. It's basically this thing, this other thing, uh, to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight mm. culture. Okay. Uh, the only rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions or we'll... Um, fly off our rockers. <laughs> we'll cut your camera and your mic. <laughs> oh my god. I thought you were going to say like cut your throat or something. No. I, like, I would never no. say that. The cut was so intense. It was like, whoa. <laughs> but that's like killing me. Putting off turning off the camera. Yeah, we'll turn, turn, we're actually going to keep you here and finish the episode, <laughs> but turn off your spotlight no. so that you look worse than us in the, in the video. I'll be so good. <laughs> okay. Hold on, let me find my notes app. Mm-hmm. Um, got it. Okay, Maeve, HBO's Los Spookies or RuPaul's Drag Race, Selena Estides? Los Spookies. <laughs> oh, okay. Taking the high road or taking the subway? Taking the high road. Okay. A trend forecast or a prophecy foretold? Ah, mm. oh, a, a prophecy foretold. Mm. Being a hoarder or being inspired by <laughs> Billy Porter? <laughs> being inspired by Billy Porter. <laughs> okay, walkable cities mm. or pettable kitties? Pettable kitties. <laughs> Middlebrow trash being awarded or developing a rash that you need to get sorted? <gasps> developing a rash that you need to get sorted. <laughs> mm. Being concerned about the future of film, or understanding that whatever happens is God's will. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Being concerned about the future of film. Mm-hmm. Keeping it mellow in Mar-a-Lago or starring in Othello <laughs> as Iago. <laughs> starring in Othello as Iago. Wow. <laughs> now can I ask yeah, a question? Yeah. What's the aim of it? Your complicity Whoa. to <laughs> no, but you're like so, to measure so your complicity. <laughs> like you're being so. I'm like, deeply investigating this. You're, you're being so like um like oh I was a gifted child. <laughs> Here's what's like trips people out. out. Here's what trips people out with this segment is like <laughs> yeah. Basically, there are two kinds of thinking: mathematical thinking and artistic thinking. <laughs> And what this men and, 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 and women, and, and, and men and women. But you're sort of rejecting the gender binary by being a man right now and doing mathematical thinking. Yeah. So basically, what trips people up with this segment is we ask things in a mathematical way because we're like numbers, one thing or another. Thing. Okay. But then we judge you based on a performance rather than any sort of like logical. Oh. Beautiful. Like it is not about whether you yeah. pick the right thing. It is not about whether you, quote unquote, know how it works. Mm-hmm. It's about making an entrance and putting up a, and 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 making an impact. I it's see. essentially about yeah. nothing. There's no goal. Yeah. It's more about sort of looking inward and, you know, learning to love yourself. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and if I feel good actually. Yeah, I oh. think you actually yeah. did a really good job until of course the end when you yeah. asked what the rules what were. What is this about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to say 732 doves out of a thousand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm actually delighted with that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Do you mm-hmm. ever sort of like going back to the mathematical versus artistic thinking? Yeah. Do you ever find yourself, this happens to me a lot where I'll be like really going in on something and someone will tell me like, okay, you made your point. And I'm like, I wasn't making a point. I was completing your performance. <laughs> <laughs> that is. And if you thought I was making a point, that is on you. No, that's a fight. Oh. When you, when someone's like, okay, you made your point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, so you want to silence me. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, now I'm pissed. Well, it's also like you don't care about pros. Like, you just care about making a point. I'm not a politician. I'm a 
stylist. Yeah. Mm. And I'm giving a critique. And I'm giving a critique. There's a lot of different angles to it. Yeah, and you're not my editor, sweetheart. No. This is the brainstorming (laughs) (laughs) set. Actually. But there's such an honesty in that because because what I say to be manipulative is like, I'm just thinking this through. 100%. But I'm not thinking it through. I know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. So it's much more honest to be like, I'm not finished my performance. Exactly. Yeah, that's gorgeous. And actually just accepting that every conversation is a performance. <laughs> a little show. It is a little duet. I mean, even... And, this... and by the way, there is a winner. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a winner. This in particular, I actually do feel more performative. Of course. In a way that is like, oh, like it's actually going to help, I think. Like we can... Oh, this meaning us being recorded us and... Us being recorded and yes. sitting around this table and knowing people are literally like hired to like put up a light i'm like yeah we're in a one-act play we're <laughs> we're in a one-act play and it is about a dinner party that goes wrong and it's fully improvised oh fully improvised. <laughs> well, i want to talk about um a dinner party aspect but i don't know if we should get into it right now okay do i know what you're i'm trying to do i'm trying to in- look into your eyes <laughs> and okay dinner party no let's you're know just a okay roast lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Should we? We need to get. But into isn't our there topic. the observer effect? Okay. Yeah. Oh, but I want. Oh, what's the observer effect? Just the thing watched changes. The thing being watched changes. What? Well, yes. That's mm-hmm. so, okay. Mm-hmm. That's actually sort of what I was attempting very poorly to get at when I was talking about how like ninety percent of being a celebrity is being able to like tune out the cameras or whatever. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. In fact, you can't separate. No. The materiality of the technology. No. Recording something from the performance itself, or even the w- awareness. Exactly. Yeah. That's why theater. Yeah. That that's literally like the difference between me- different media. Like the medium mm-hmm. of theater is different from the medium of television and the medium of film, partly because of the mechanics that make it possible. <laughs> okay, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question for you, Maeve, uh-huh. and. I hate the fact that I'm even asking this. I hate myself for asking this. Oh, wow. But I have a, but I, (laughs) but unfortunately, if we have you here, there's like no way for me to not ask this. And the question is, I've had this theory for at this point about a year and a half Mm -hmm. that Ireland is trending. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that it's so, if someone said that to me about something I I am associated with, I would be like, truly fuck off. But I can't forgive myself for not asking. Well, gay's not to me. It started with obviously it started with Sally Rooney, Mm -hmm. and I think famous Marxist novelist. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think Banshees of Inisherin was huge. Mm -hmm. I also think there is a reaction against all the sort of like jubilee queen dying attention that England got, and people are (laughs) like, literally, what is the alternative (laughs) to this? No, do you I would, feel you know, that at all? Bad sisters yeah. is Irish too, huh? Bad sisters is Irish too. Uh, that's the other yeah. one. Bad yeah. sisters. Wait, that was literally my third one, and I forgot. Thank yeah. you. Bad sisters, and um, it's so funny because one thing I was thinking of as a topic for this was like English, mm-hmm. and I and then I just felt like no, I don't want to get like into nationalism, you know, like and be Irish in that way. Totally. But like the English language, I meant yes, one hundred percent, very straight. Um, but then I think you're right, and it's so. Interesting that you picked up on it because whenever I go home, there's like they're calling it like the Celtic revival or something. But it's like, okay, so it is a thing. Yeah, yeah. I wish we had like a bell to ring. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) ring the Celtic bell. (laughs) Yeah, Ireland's trending. Because I have to say, like, it's really rare that. Sorry, I actually need to let you talk. But all I, all I want to say is that all these things I mentioned, so often when something is like trending, mm-hmm. it's in in a sense overrated. But guess what? 
I love Banshees of Inisherin. I love Bad <laughs> Sisters. And ultimately, critiques aside, I love Sally Rooney. So I'm sort <laughs> yeah, of like, I love her too. it's all, yeah. all of it is good, which is so rare. Mm. I'm almost afraid to put a name to it because then someone's going to take advantage of it and produce bad Irish art. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see. It's interesting that like I went to The Quiet Girl is mm-hmm. this Irish film that's in Irish, in the Irish language, and it's nominated for an Oscar. Plus, like, 25% of all acting nominees this year are Irish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like it's amazing. It's a country with like 4.2 million people in it. Yeah. Very small, smaller than the population in New York. You know, it's tiny. But anyway, when I go home, the thing that's interesting is more people are learning Irish language. A lot of my friends who like lived in Dublin moved to the west coast of Ireland, which mm-hmm. is m- more like there's, it's more... I mean, it's hard to explain, but like old Ireland, I suppose, in the way that like you'd picture. So as in Dublin is has like H&M and Starbucks sure. and <laughs> it's like the he- the headquarters of uh, Google and Facebook are there. And it's just like oh Dublin. But then, you know, if you go to the other parts of Ireland, there's like Irish speaking and just a slower pace. Like totally, I, totally. I even no, no, like, I, I, my family's from like, Greece and there's okay, like a, yeah. very equivalent. Like if you go to like the they're called like the villages in Greece. It's yeah. simply like, yeah. it's like you're in a different time period yeah. than, than if you're in Athens. Yeah, it's, it's just like tricky because there's a whole industry built around like, you know, the Irish diaspora. Yes. And like there was a thing where people thought maybe the Banshees was set now. <laughs> and I know. It's set, yeah. it's set in 1923. <laughs> so like sometimes I have to kind of be careful. But I think you're right. And the the thing about it is the art coming out of Ireland I think is really cool at the mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. and but a funny thing about that too like when I went to see The Quiet Girl like the movie here yeah. it was you know like a New York screening where they invited a bunch of Irish people and there was a state minister there like you know just this guy who came out like a young government minister from Ireland because like it was funded like a lot by the Irish government and I got asked because I write as well you know uh-huh. and uh, I got like an email from like the Irish tourist board being like, we're taking journalists to the island where the Banshees of Inishir was f- filmed. Ooh. And, you know, we'll bring you there for three days and three nights and like, we'll show you this. Oh and God. I was like, what a dream. But like the government is like supporting wow. the film industry in that very intense way. Wow. So that helps. Yeah. Are you know, doing that? I didn't do that. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No. Because like, yeah, tell me. I, Almost went to that screening of The Quiet Girl. Oh. And I, like, had something with my sister or something that day and I couldn't go. But I... It's very special film. Okay, I need to watch it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And it's also, like, um, I think a good example of Irishness because it's not cloying and it's not... um, you know, it's like not too dark either because <laughs> like yeah. a lot of, especially Irish theatre is just like, and the baby died <laughs> and the baby's still dead. And like, there is a bit of that, but like, yeah. it's not too much. So it gets that nice balance. And there's just like very cool, very young Irish people and doing interesting things, yeah. I think. And yeah. Part Even of aside that. from Sally Rooney? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's I all guess these other. Friends, oh, friend I guess group. Yeah, her friend group. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm really glad I asked. Honestly, that's a. Be- I can't believe that's. I love when you have something that's actually for a guest specifically. I know, and then it's correct. Well, that I really, just have really. I, that was Ronan Farrow. Yeah. That was. I really have level. been like so much of the stuff I've enjoyed over the past year has some Irish. Also, like Rasheed Murphy releasing a new album. There's just oh, like yeah. there are things happening constantly, and I'm always like. 
I gotta go. Oh, and also, so many people I know are traveling to Ireland, which I don't know how that is like, because as, you know, as someone who like is mm-hmm. from a very touristy place, mm-hmm. I know that that can be a double-edged sword where like sometimes increased tourism can be bad for the locals. But is that something that you're... Well, your family has. I mean, it's it's like five. It's only five and a half hours. So you know, I always say like, it's closer than Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. which it is. I think it is. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We're going to Ireland. I would actually love to do a live show in in where Banshees of Inisherin was (laughs) set. Oh, like I would say, it's so gorgeous. And part of me, like when I see like the Quiet Girl, which is set in like where a place my grandmother's from, and the Banshees, where it's an island, and and like it's you know so familiar to me. And I feel I do feel like what am I doing here? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you ever feel that? When oh my god, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes, when I go back to Greece. Yeah. Yes, it's like yeah. it literally. I'm like, I mean, Ireland is a like much even more the light and functioning everything. country than Greece is. Right. So. I do think for you it would be slightly more of a possibility. Yeah. Like I literally don't even know what I would do if I were to move back to Greece. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'd like open a cafe. But yeah, it's crazy. It, like everything is cheaper. It is beautiful. The weather is better. My family is there. Yeah. You're sort of like, why am I getting sweet green? <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. But it's just, you know, for now. Yes, of course. Things are always changing. Like I said earlier, we don't know the end until we're dead. It's true. Remember when I said that? enjoy your sweet green. (laughs) Yeah, and I will. It'll be the last one you ever have. (laughs) Well, let's fucking hope so. Oh, my God. Um, You might get barred from sweet green, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that all this international talk leads so well into our our topic. topic. Mm -hmm. Maeve, tell us what you've brought today and sort of what about it is straight to you. Okay, so my topic is green card marriages slash the K-1 fiancé visa. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the step you take before you do a green card marriage. Um, If you're an American engaged to somebody from a different country, then they come over here and they have three months to decide, you know, they have to leave at the end of three months or they have to get married. Which is why it was like a genius ticking oh. clock idea for the TV show 90 Day Fiance. I didn't realize it was Oh, based, 90 Day I yeah. didn't know it was literally based Got on like the, frame, the legal frame. Yeah. Sponsored by the government. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it yeah. crazy? Yeah. But I, and I, I was thinking to myself, I'm sure it's very straight, you know, because it's obviously like all contracted. It's basically, it's marriage. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I should check. So I was like looking at <laughs> Just on my phone on my way. Like I was like looking at the data and it's almost all women who come over to get married to straight men in America. Does that make it straight? I think that makes First it straight. First of all, straight. yes, that makes but it straight. But at the same time, it's a sleigh because yeah. if it's women doing it, then it's kind of like. Well, if it's okay, women doing it, it, then they're taking charge of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're they manipulating men. Manipulating men. Get what they want. Yeah. You just have to be married for two years, I yeah. think. And then you get your citizenship. And then you can get divorced? Then you can get divorced. But you, oh. do, have oh, you do have to stay married, married for, two years. for two years. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. In 90 Day Fiancé, which I wish I had done some research and watched some of. In 90 Day Fiancé, is there any pretense of them attempting to actually have a relationship or is it purely transactional? No, you have to convince the government. You have to get letters from your friends. There's a whole process where you have to convince people that it's real. Okay. So there's no, uh, there's like, it's like a cover up of the transaction, which is, you know, I think you don't have to have seen the show. I don't think, even though it's one of the most popular shows. in. I know it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, one of our blind spots 
is reality television. <laughs> yeah. And Sam, we don't mm-hmm. know. We watch Drag Race and that's kind of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, in the past, have watched one of the Housewives and Vanderpump Rules, but it's been years. So, well, I, I'm i not a big watcher either, but my friend works on worked oh, on oh, Ninth hmm. Day Fiancé and I got so curious about it because I could hear her sometimes interviewing the uh, men here. Mm-hmm. And like... You have to be like you want to put people on TV that are like funny mm-hmm. and like maybe weird, but like not like disgusting. Yeah. Right. So the men want a girlfriend. Yeah. And they have. I mean, really, they want a wife. They actually. want a wife. Yeah. And here's my question, I guess, is like, why do they prefer an international wife <laughs> to an American? Wife? Right. Because the mm-hmm. assumption is, of course, that they like can't find a wife without like you know, having something to manipulate. I see. So that's what it is. It's like these men that feel like they could not get a wife unless they have something to offer her. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's the assumption. Yeah. I mean, some of them give other justifications like they're like, you know, like often problematic things. Like I just prefer Filipina yeah. women. Or like oh. it's the Celtic revival. So like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's the next Sally Rooney. I could She's the next Sally Rooney. <laughs> wow. Actually, she is Sally Rooney. She is Sally Rooney. Wait, Sally Rooney's in 90 Day Fiance? Yeah. She, her Girl, you really do not have to do this. You're successful. <laughs> no, and that's like just goes to show you like how messed up the book industry is. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah she's like, I'm doing it to make a point. Normal people. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. am one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I um, I think that they. I mean, American citizenship is a is a real prize, of course. You know, of course. um, but it's also when I think about it, I think about like, is that everything they have? Like, that's all they have, right? Because like, you think, okay, you want to be in a transaction with someone, you want to be, you want to like make a contract, like you marry someone. In that way, you're saying like, I'm giving you this, and you're giving me this. And really, that's what they're saying. They're just saying, I have U.S. Just by dint of being born, mm-hmm. they're like, this is all I've got. And often, they're very, very poor. Like, they're from, like, really isolated parts of America. These are not, like, you know, they're, like, kind of high-achieving. They're not the Ronan Farrows of the of America. Got it. Yeah. But what wow. they do have is American citizenship. Wow, there's something so deeply sad about that. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm sure I'm the only person that's ever pointed that out. (laughs) Whoa, biting cultural commentary. Yeah, so I think that's sort of (laughs) devastating, basically. Wow. My response to 90 Day Fiance as a friend. I'm not afraid to speak up. Yeah, sorry. Not to be condescending, by the way. I think they deserve love. No, thank you for saying that. I'm seeing that. But for me, yeah, it makes me want to slap my wrist. God, you wiped a smile off my face. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. It's also, you like it makes for good TV, of course. Because well, also, it's, like, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm sure you feel this way as a as um, someone who immigrated to America. But like mm-hmm. growing up, the pursuit of American citizen citizenship was like the number one thing in my family. It was oh, like really? there are you know there are five of us. I luckily was me and one of my one of my sisters and I were both born here, so we had it to begin with. Yeah, and then the other three members of our family were not born here, so there was this like. You know, it was like my dad was close to getting it, but then he had to return to Greece to do his mandatory military service. So then Mm -hmm. the clock went back to zero of like how long he had Mm -hmm. lived here when he came back. And then like my other my like youngest sister had to be here for a certain amount of time before we moved back to Greece. Like it is citizenship is so genuinely Kafka-esque and Mm -hmm. changes like every the priorities change with every government and every five years. And depending on who is lobbying who to get what kind of immigrants in America. And so. The idea of any kind of shortcut 
is genuinely extremely alluring because it is so yeah. difficult to do it, quote unquote, the right, you know, the acceptable way. And I would say, like, the greatest thing an American can do is, like, marry someone to give them a green card. A hundred percent. Like, I'm all for that. <laughs> I really think, like, it's like, you know, people are like, well, what can we do about immigration system broken? It's like, marry one, marry an immigrant. Yeah. But, you know, it's not that simple. Like, you do have to prove that it's real, like, and it's like money and you have to make sure, like, if you're an American citizen and you marry someone, they go through all your taxes and everything. You know, you have to be, like, kind of on the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of hard for some people. My boyfriends. <laughs> no, but um, it's true. Like, it's a stupid system. Yeah. So I don't feel like you shouldn't do that. Like, it's like a terrible system. You should. Oh, my do God. That. Of course. No part of me. It's like when mm-hmm. people are accused of, like, doing f- fraud to, like, get out of work, like pretending they have a disability or something to get out of work. I'm like, mm. yeah, you should do that. Yeah, that's absolutely. good. That's good. And morally, that's morally good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Everyone should pretend to have a disability and get married. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and marriage is supposed to be a transaction anyway. It's I sort know. Of like, like yeah. so many people in America get married for like health insurance. Of yes. Oh and it's God. like, that's the big push to be like, okay, well, I, it would be better for taxes and health insurance. So let's go for it. Yeah. It's like, why not add a little green card in there? I guess it's like, it's the straightest thing about it in a sense is is exactly that. It's like marriage as a business proposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the core of one of the co- and also then adding on top of that a layer of performance of like well we have to have a photo album proving we're in love yeah and we can't say it's a business transaction exactly just say it's for love so in some sense it's actually emblematic of the larger institution of straight marriage it yeah. just makes the subtext text <laughs> it's true it's wow. true yeah <laughs> That's what I was going to say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too, me too, me too. Yeah, you were just weird. Yeah, I was, I was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, sub, yeah. Sub, subtext text, actually. <laughs> and it, it's very intrusive, too. Also, queer couples do obviously get yes. married and, you know, yeah. um, but like, and get green cards through marriage and stuff. But like, you do have to, uh, sometimes they ask you about your sex life and like, mm-hmm. you have to. Um, Who's the bottom? Who's That's the top? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Joe Biden being like, so who does what? Who does what? <laughs> so you're an otter in so you're an <laughs> Are you guys open? Yeah. <laughs> Play together, separate? What is it? <laughs> you definitely couldn't. I bet you couldn't say you were in an open marriage. If oh, I'm sure oh, not. If you were doing your interview. No, you have to be Christian and Republican. Yeah, yeah. Stat. Yeah. And it did come, I I could be wrong, but I think the K-1, that visa, was because of, like, soldiers, you know, abroad who were like, I want to bring this girl back, you know, if from maybe Korea, Vietnam, I don't know. Totally, totally. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah, I think that's, or maybe even World War II, because there's, like, Americans all over the world bringing yeah. back women. God. I know, so jealous are you. It will take truly, like, <laughs> generations to undo the damage of heterosexuality. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, to be like, yeah, there's a rich tradition of men bringing women back. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and and the government was like, oh, we have to organize this. Yeah. You know, we have to organize Well, it. the men want it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's make law. <laughs> but it's just really confusing, too, because the first, like, a lot of the, like, the anti, like, the Chinese Exclusion Act mm-hmm. yes. was, a lot of that was, like, fake supposedly to like stop sex work so it's like well what do you want then what you're saying like we're not bringing in anyone because they're sex workers not true but then they're like oh we'll allow you to bring in like 
the women that you want to have sex with. Right. It seems like it's sort of like the two things taken into account are what a man wants and how <laughs> what a man needs. <laughs> it's literally what a man wants, what a man needs, and is it in the Bible? And if it passes those three tests, yeah, I got to go, babe. <laughs> Bring whoever. Bring whoever. <laughs> Just keep it quiet. <laughs> I feel like green card marriages are such a trope in TV and film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the proposal mm-hmm. and like on Will and Grace, famously, Tay Diggs played a guy Will was into, but he was Canadian. And so Grace offered to marry him. Oh, I didn't know that. To like bring him. Into... I think I saw one of these up. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and, it's a very sitcom. The 90 day thing is yeah, very sitcom. It's very sitcom. Yeah. And having to like prove your love to like a government officials, like inherently comedic. And it's like. So I get it. I get why you would run to it for... Of course. I mean, they also have... They have all these spin-off shows, too, called, like, 90 Day the Other Way, and stuff, where, like, the American goes abroad. Oh. And that's incredible. Wow. Because often... So, like, the the majority of those visas are for Filipina women. Mm-hmm. And then, so, like, the men... American men, like, go to the Philippines, and they just don't have a clue, like, what's going on. And they're from, you know like rural America somewhere and they've never traveled or anything and then they just like go to the Philippines and then they're just like out of their minds. Wow. Well, that sounds a little more playful. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun to watch. That wouldn't make you too sad, I don't think. Yeah. What, you know, in the words of MIA, borders, what's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) And her paper planes, you know, paper planes are visas. Oh, my God, that's right. Yes. But also borders, what's up with that? (laughs) One of the most important statements ever said in music. When she said that, politics changed. Wait, actually, I just want to be candid. I did not know paper planes were visas. (laughs) (laughs) And I pretended I did. And now I want you to explain. So it's so paper planes. So that song is also about borders, obviously. Well, yeah, Yeah. it's like, well, not that obvious. We both didn't know. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Um, All I want to do. Okay, then I. Yeah. What's the. Well. I think maybe let's not look too much into it because I think it's not a. Imagine happy... if I just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's I'm just sweating sitting here. Oh God! <laughs> Don't think about it too much. I think yeah, paper planes are you know they allow you to travel. Yes, yes, yes yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, that's genius. But wait, you were gonna say so borders? What's up with that? Yeah, I'm. Just Is that like, what you're what? actually thinking? Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's insane. Whenever but it, I go to another country and it's like, why is this so difficult? Yeah. Like, I'm like, shouldn't we just like hop off the plane and get in a car? I know. And it's also like just, OK, well, I guess it comes down to I understand the point of just by political beliefs aside. I understand theoretically the point of borders. I'm not like an, I'm not like, why? You know, I understand. Despite so the fact that despite regional the, sports team. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like countries need different flags and they need anthems to be performed at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> and there also needs to be like a best international feature award at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. like, it's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the idea that like a foreigner is inherently more evil than someone living in your country is truly so arbitrary when you think about how many evil people exist in every country. Yeah, and also how they just change all the time. Yes. Like, the Philippines was like a U.S. colony, basically, for a while. So, like, why are they acting now like, oh, you need a special... Like, 100%. Uh, you know, obviously, like, Mexico, America took part of Mexico. Like, it's so... They're so fluid. Yes. Borders are. But not for... Only if you're powerful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, But... I don't know. I don't know about the, um, like, the visa still, 
I, I do like your what you said about like the women who come over is is like their destiny too, and they're like, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. like I'm getting this well, citizenship, and there's definitely a I'll do whatever I want, exactly. You and know, it's, and it's like. And in many ways, they have more power than the man. I mean, I understand that the man has the citizenship, which is what is at stake. Yeah. But the men are, it's so funny what they believe about themselves, though. The straight guys. Like, they just. They're not desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And they think that she loves them. Oh. They fully think often that just, she she just loves them. You know? Sweet. And it's like so nice because, like, no American woman loved him. Yeah. And now here's this woman who's like beautiful and young and she just loves him. She wants to live with him. And they totally, they, I think they do believe it. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to find a positive. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying Sam. to only read it as like, good. Yeah. <laughs> she does love it. Okay, well, that's nice, right, George? <laughs> Sisters are doing it for themselves. Yeah, that's really nice. I know of only one um, gay version of like in like a personal life. I got to say, I my instinct when you said that the other day was like, I also know gay versions but now I can't think of any of them because I'm like <clears throat> I'm sure I know I think that I think I know a few like Canada US oh, yeah. couples which I think is like it's sort of like everything we're talking about without any of the politics you yeah. know it's sort of like well I'm just Canadian <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right, yeah because right. it's for Canadians there's like tons of undocumented Canadians like, yes. in America and then yeah. it's only when you kind of get into it I guess Alanis Morissette <laughs> 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 Go back to where you came from. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The one I know, I I literally think it's like the gay guy is American, but then I think the man he married is like actually straight. Like, Whoa! Oh, so yeah. it's literally like a green card marriage. Yeah, and it's like literally. Do you think any money changed hands? I think actually it's possible, <laughs> but it's like a juicy one, and um, it also sounded like hot like i was like oh you guys like pretend to be in a couple sometimes for the government my god of course you think it's hot like the husband has a girlfriend i cannot believe you (laughs) (laughs) there is nothing you won't turn into like a fetish it's just a little hot married a government official comes down and you guys have to like sleep in the same bed They like turn on the TV and they've like planned it so it's a sex tape of them like, oh, sorry, didn't mean for you to see that, but that's just what we do all night. Um, And do you like the idea of them putting together photo albums? So you'd need to go like maybe hire a photographer and like go through different seasons and everything, you know, like different costumes, you and this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a classic sitcom thing. I feel like that, like, I feel like I've seen that montage of. Yeah, there was the Gerard Depardieu film. Oh. I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sure. No, but no, like, no, no. And it, it was called Green Card. Oh, and I, I think that like, you know, they really did fall in love. Like they like it was arranged and then they really did fall in love. But like if you are doing a big trick together, like if you are doing a big like putting the wool over the government's eyes and stuff, then that is like. That does bond yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. And so probably if you're doing you that. You trust each other a lot. I mean, you don't want to risk being in another relationship and having that found out. So probably you'll be single that entire time. Yeah. Yeah. You are doing. You are you have a common secret. Yeah. It's something that bonds you. Mm-hmm. A lot of paperwork together. A lot of paperwork. You know your heads together over the paper. Yeah. <laughs> and then after candlelight. After two years, you're like, well, what do I want to do? Start from scratch? Like Yeah. At this point, I know this person probably better than I would a, a random person I went on a few dates with. <gasps> yeah. Better the American devil you know. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with them. Let's make it work. It's been two years. Wow. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Should we yeah. have our final segment? I think so. Any final thoughts on... No, I just want to really apologize for bringing you both down and yeah, thank <laughs> making you. you feel really sad. And no, don't apologize. And I guess, ap- apologize to the listeners. Uh, I really, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ronan. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, a nice way, obviously, to lift everyone's spirits would be a little proposal. Oh, my God. Who's going to propose? Oh, my God. Do you want us to propose to you? Do you want us to propose no. to No. No, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> I don't have a green card. You don't have a green card. Really? Mm-hmm. So in some senses, you're single. Here's. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Are you? Mm, you don't have to answer this if you don't. Are you single? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I would oh. like to say that oh. if. What? Oh, my God. I do. Congrats, Joe. I do. Congrats, Joe. Well, what I was going to say is because I'm not You could be in our wedding. I'm oh, taking this nice. seriously. I'm like, I'm like, if any listeners want to propose to Maeve. <laughs> slide into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. <laughs> I have had friends offer. I mean, I just don't need it. Like, yeah. you know, as in like, I have a really good visa and everything. Um, but I have had friends like offer. Yeah. Definitely. But and if I was stuck, I totally. You've considered it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd rather marry a rando than um, go back and join the Celtic revival. <laughs> 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 and say, say goodbye to Sweet Green forever. <laughs> you can be in it too. The Celtic revival. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to be in the Celtic revival. I would actually love to be in Bad Sister season two. I actually think <gasps> I would thrive as like. The American in like a show. Yeah, yeah. You you <laughs> like walk in. Like What's that? I'd be so, and I'd be like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> when, God. Sharon Horgan to me is like true mother. I love. I really love her. And one time yes. years ago, <laughs> one time years ago, someone told me that she, someone on her team, quote unquote, mm-hmm. told me she had read something I had written, <gasps> and I, I suspect he was lying. I suspect it was like sure. she loved it. Well, everyone in this town. Yeah. But to this day, I have chosen to believe it. 
Uh, yeah, I'm like, it. she's just waiting for the right time to get oh it done. No, I'm <laughs> sure she that's it. true. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. I mean, this true. was like six years ago. Yeah. yeah. She was reading a lot back Maybe then. Maybe she's going to call me after this episode comes in. She's like, oh my God, I had forgotten about that. Yes, we'd love to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know, I went to like a talk that she did years ago when I was living in Ireland, mm-hmm. pre-revival. And um... Sad. <laughs> I was like dystopian. It was the last of us. Like, I've got to go out of here. I felt there in 2010, honestly. Until there's a revival. <laughs> And she was doing, you know, like a screenwriter's yeah. talk organized by, like, I can't remember who, but like it was at the writer's thing center. And there was only women in the audience. Wow. You know, it's like <laughs> only women can go and see a woman talk. And there's like more male screenwriters in Ireland than there are female ones. Of course. But like Sharon Horgan was talking and she's like a genius, obviously. She's literally the most. Now, this was yeah. before, but it was after pulling it. Like, you know, she was like up there already and clearly so funny and great but anyway that's like not my resounding memory of her but sometimes I kind of needle on that one (laughs) think about how stupid they are I know it's nuts (laughs) they could have like listened to Sharon Horgan 10 years ago like I did look at me now it helped so much it is crazy (laughs) that you can even be Sharon Horgan and people will still not listen to you I know (laughs) because you're a woman like it's like what more can you do you're Sharon Horgan No, no more sad. No more sad. Only goodbyes. They're listening to her now. And I'm engaged. (laughs) Wait, okay. Oh my God, I keep bumping into my mic. Idea for Sharon Horgan's next show Mm -hmm. that will combine green card marriages Mm -hmm. and the Celtic revival. It's literally starring you and you're in a a green card marriage with... um, Who's a hot... Who has a mole? Is American <laughs> and can play straight really well. Uh, Ronan Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no mole Farrow. Oh my God, I would love it if it was Ronan Farrow and you starring in a green card. <laughs> I would do actually. Sharon Horgan show on Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. And Mia Farrow would have to be in it too, as uh, she just would be his mom. Yes, that's right. Yeah, she yeah. Plays his mom. It's like her big comeback is just like a light comedy. <laughs> She's like, Ronan, who's this girl? Yeah, he, She's he, Irish? He plays himself. Yeah, he plays himself. He plays himself, she plays herself. Exactly. Yes, you, you play, play yourself <laughs> and you play yourself. It's a reality show. Reality. And by the way, we're Che Diaz and you're doing a podcast. And this is part of it. Wow. Che, you're back. <laughs> Oh, let's um, do our final segment. Okay. Um, will you introduce it? Yes. There was not. There would be nothing I want more in my life. Um, so I'm just thinking of what men want, what men need, and is it in the Bible? <laughs> my iconic joke from earlier that, that everyone slay. loved. That was a good story. Um, okay. Maeve, our final segment is called shout-outs, and in this segment, we pay homage to a classic straight artistic tradition, the radio shout-out. Think, <laughs> you know, MTV's TRL, think you're mm-hmm. calling into a radio show and shouting out your squad back home. We want um, to shout-out something that, we, uh, that we've that we been loving lately and that we want to give a shout-out to. And guess what? I don't have one. Do guess you? what? I have one. Whoa. <gasps> yeah. Okay, go off. What's up, freaks, losers, and perverts? <laughs> Sam here. I just want to give a huge shout-out to... Spring lighting. I feel the sun has changed in the last week and it is completely different now. And yes, it's still cold. When we're recording this, it is early, early March, but the lighting is different. And it is like, I feel when I'm looking out a window, like, oh, I bet it's warm outside. And that, even just thinking that for a moment, does wonders for my mood. I feel on top. 
top of the world. I feel like like I'm actually remembering the version of myself from last spring and last <laughs> summer that was um, smarter, funnier, m- more well-adjusted, more well-read. Um, and I can see that version of me coming back, and he is ready to stop the runway. <laughs> so shout out to Spring Lighting. I see you, and I feel warm. Um, What's up, listeners out there in all countries? There are no borders on this podcast. I want to give a shout out to the linen lobby for convincing me for the past 30 years that I want a linen suit, despite the fact that every time I try one on, it looks like fucking shit. They look bad. It it is wrinkly. Always. It's weirdly, you think it's going to be good for warm weather, but it's still a suit. You might as well just wear a normal suit. And you think you're going to look good in a lighter color, but guess what? Suits are meant to be dark, folks. And guess what? Despite all of that, despite the fact that I recently tried on a linen suit and it went into my butt in a way I have not seen any pants go into my butt before, I am, after this recording, going and trying on another linen suit because I can't get over the fact that I need one for summer weddings this year and I'm going to one in a month and I need to wear a linen suit because the invite said linen suits are okay. And I took that as an order. And guess what? None of them are going to look good, but I am going to overpay for them and then I'm going to wear them and not post the pics because I'm going to look bad. Woo! No, oh, this is really smart, actually. I think linen suits are only meant for like film sets like, because there's what is always going a scammer off, like yeah. just off yeah. cam. Like they always look good on, in movies and TV shows and in ads. And then it's like, but then you sit down once and it's like a wrinkly mess. I, it's truly, I mean, I feel this way about linen sheets too, which I should have mentioned the shout outs and goes back to the linen lobby. Uh, I'm like, we, what is the deal with linen? Why are we still pretending? And yet, and yet, like I said, I'm lit- I'm not joking that I'm going to go try on another suit after this. Where are you going, J. Crew? Classic. And they baggy, they they bag out at the knees. And yes. The, yeah, they're just yeah. Also, I have to say, not to get too real about uh, body image on this podcast, but mm-hmm. as someone who struggles with body image, suits are actually really. Uh, something I love wearing because they are structured in a way that like no matter what your body type is as a gentleman, it makes you just sort of look like a Ken doll because of the (laughs) shoulder pads and because Mm -hmm. of the way it's and linen suits are unstructured. So you also don't feel as hot as you would wearing a normal suit. It's just sort of like this is your body type and we're putting a thing on it. (laughs) We're draping us and. And yet I really hope it fits well when I go. I bet it will. I bet it's going. Okay. (laughs) Maeve, okay, Maeve, whenever you are ready. <clears throat> oh, oh my God, she's ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shout out, because I never did one of these, so I wrote it down. <laughs> Shout out to all my curly haired women with glasses working in wool shops, aka yarn stores, all around the world. I know you're shy girls. All you care about is the fabric art community. But guess what? I care about you. Watching you light up when I ask you about Kitchener Stitch makes me believe the world's going to be okay. And, um, and maybe a stitch in time really will save nine. I love you as much as you love knitting. And how can you even measure? Excuse me. How can you even measure that? It's an infinity scarf, and you're both ends, baby. Uh, Thank you. Wow. That was one of the best shoutouts anyone has. That was ever incredible, done. and it was yeah. a great tie-in to your product line. I know. Wait, I can't believe we <laughs> ran, ran out of time and didn't talk about your product line. Yeah. I don't have this. Would this is just for me. Um, so it's just one piece for sale. It's just one piece. <laughs> yeah. You could charge millions. And, and it smells like Bed Bath & Beyond, that um, cherry but, body but also, lotion that I use. This color palette is like so sophisticated. Oh, yeah, thank you so great. much. It really is. It's like those three God. colors together oh. can only 
you have to be talented to to like make it work. Oh, like they couldn't yeah. sell that at J. Crew. No. Mm. No, it took a long time. It's four strands of mohair held together. Wow. So it do, it did take me ages. And in fact, it's so funny because I absolutely hated it when I made it and I tried it on and it took me so long and I was nearly going to give it to charity. And then I thought, no, it's too crap for the charity shop because there's a few mistakes. I don't know if you can see them like this. Well, we love imperfections. Yeah, it's like a mole for your clothes. Oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, thank um, God this is a visual podcast now. I know, truly. I was like, we have to get a photo, but then I remembered, it's going to be on YouTube. Oh <laughs> There's going to be a photo. Video, even. Video, yeah. Well, I was thrilled to be here for your very first YouTube podcast. It's an honor to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for doing it. What a delight. What a delight. Well, right. bye. Bye. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.